0: Father, we just want to thank you this day, Lord, that you have given to us in your presence. Your presence already here, O Lord. Your children have ministered through worship, through song, through prayer. Lord, I pray, Father, that your anointing that is in this place will continue to teach us. Teach, Teach us your ways show us your paths and lead us in the way of everlasting life. Lord, your word says, oh Lord, the entrance of your word brings light. That in your light, we actually see light. That's what your word says, Lord. Father, this morning, every other idea that we may be having, Examine it in the light of your word. Examine our hearts this morning. Lord, cause us to walk in your ways by writing your law by your spirit on the deepmost parts of our inner man. That's what you said, o Lord, in the new covenant that you will do. To that end, I pray that you would bless the ministry of the word. We surrender ourselves, body, soul, and spirit. We come against every spirit of destruction and every spirit of tiredness in the name of Jesus. And we release ourselves for the glory of God. We thank you, we praise you, in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been looking at uh, Joshua chapter 1. The attitudes and the preparations that we as children of God should go through in order for us to inherit the promises that God has spoken into our lives. See, positionally, we are all given these promises. The Bible says that positionally, that we are seated together with Jesus in the heavenly places, in Christ. And that he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, in Christ. That is positional. But in order for us to inherit the promises there is going to be a battle there is going to be a struggle and struggle mostly is got to do predominantly with our own self one of the things that i've realized over a period of time in my walk with the lord it's important for me to change the way i think if I don't change the way I think, ultimately, what I think is what I'll be. What I think is ultimately is what I'll do. It's very interesting. Um, recently, I had a, I, talked, I was talking to a brother from South Africa, a senior man, and discussing. We had a, we were having a meal together. Um, He's uh, he's of the white origin, but he was talking to me. You know, we're talking about cricket. Of course, cricket is is <laughs> common for both of us, right? But he's a he's a very he's a we looked at. I looked at him and I shook his hand, and I knew that this guy is an athlete. Okay, he's in the, he's in the ministry too, and he was uh, talking to us. And one of his testimonies, he was telling that, that in South Africa there is a, a marathon. It's called the Death Marathon or something like that. Very Crazy name just been given. It's an 87 kilometer long marathon. It's an 87 kilometers, okay. So uh, this guy, he said, you know what, I want to be taking part in that marathon. He, he's an athlete, right? So he already is used to doing long distance running, etc. But he says, you know, this is the ultimate challenge. And he decided one day that he wanted to take part in the marathon. And uh, he was also a youth pastor, so uh, he was. He was uh, taking uh, uh, one of the sessions to the youth and one gentleman who was there in that meeting uh, also heard that, you know, he was, uh, next year he was uh, going to be a part of the marathon. So that gentleman approached him after after the service was over and he asked him, so you're going to take part in the marathon? He said, yeah. So are you sure you're going to complete it? (laughs) Uh, He said, yeah, I think so. Uh, So what is your plan? He said, what do you mean? Do you have a plan? you have a training regime that you have to go through? Do you have a, pl- uh, a plan of action for you, to, uh, for you to go through so that you'll be successful in this marathon? He said, um, I'm sorry. I, 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 I was just thinking that I can do some random jogging here and there, 10 kilometers here and there. I have a plan, but I'm not sure if I'll be able to do it. I think that should be sufficient. He said, no. You need a very strict regime. and And I did that marathon. Can I help you? With this training regime and he said absolutely and you know what this man he took him through this entire regime prepared his mind first and then you know what he says it began with a thought I want to finish this race there's a thought that God placed in my mind but then in order for me to finish this thought there should be a process through which I have to go through and if I don't go through the process (laughs) It's impossible for me to finish the race. I'll just be a guy who will just fall flat after 20 kilometers. It's over. And in fact, he went through that regime. Tough, strict regime. And then he finished that race and he has a medal and he was telling us, you know. And he says, you know what, what do you think today? How you train your mind today? The, re- the 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 regime that you go through in the process of training your mind today is going to decide your destiny in 20, twenty from twenty years from now, fifteen years from now, to ten years from now. How long uh, how long uh, the Lord is going to give you life? It's a, it's Im- absolutely important for us to think, start thinking what we want to become. Yes, you will in- inherit the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey, but it is not going to be automatic. There is a process through which one has to go through in order to achieve that dream. I mean, the dream of being in the promised land. So we all have these aspirations. But who is willing to go through the process? (laughs) Therefore, see this, there are things in the world, okay, where you you depend upon your own strength and your own disciplines. But in the kingdom of God, we don't, not only have God as our coach, we also have God as our power. It's a remarkable thing in the in the kingdom of God. He not only coaches us, he not only trains us, he also empowers us so that we finish the training and also be successful in the race. And therefore it starts in Joshua chapter 1, I'm going to look at only three verses. We, we know these these verses because pastor has been sharing from these verses for a long time. So let's read through the first verse, chapter 6. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people, you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. You see, one of the things that staggers me is the faithfulness of God. You know, Jacob is... uh, the, about to die, and uh, Joseph goes with his two children, and he's now he's he's going to ask uh, Jacob to bless them. And then Jacob looks at Joseph, and he makes a very powerful statement, a very poignant statement, if you will. He says, "You know what? I never thought I will see your face. I never thought that I will see your face. But God not only made me see your face, but I also am able to see my grandchildren's face." And he's overwhelmed. At the faithfulness of God. You see, one of the things that we need to think about every day of our lives is the faithfulness of God. In my own life, it is the faithfulness of God. Faithfulness. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 and 24. Look at what it says. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your, everybody say, whole spirit, whole soul, whole body. (laughs) <laughs> be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and He who calls you is what? Faithful. And He also will do it provided there are certain attitudes that we, that we, uh, practice and He who practices righteousness, right? We have to practice those attitudes. It doesn't come easy. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 8, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 8 and 9 excuse me, um, who will also confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is what? Everybody say, God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. In my own life, I can testify. I don't know about you. Notwithstanding all the things that have gone in my life, all the failures and the And the so-called accomplishments. (laughs) I can testify to this one fact. God is faithful. Lord, the tests that I am going through. Will I be able to go through them? Not in your own strength? Would would we in our own strength confide? Martin Luther says. Our striving will be losing. (laughs) We are not the right man by our side. The man of God's own choosing. What if I stumble, Lord? What if I fall? What if I make a fool of myself and all of us? What if, what if, everybody has those questions, right? First Corinthians chapter 10. No temptation has overtaken you except that which is common to man. But God is faithful that he will not allow you to be tested more than what you can bear. Mm -hmm. Understand that. will be incredible oppositions that I may be facing. Will I be able to overcome those oppositions? You see, God said, I swore to Isaac. I swore to Abraham. You know what God says? He says in the book of Hebrews, he he couldn't swear by any other name, therefore he swore by himself. Because there is no other name that is higher than God. So, when he swears, it is a done deal. And therefore, he's not looking at the struggles of the Israelites. He is he's, he's hearing their groaning. He is hearing their crying. But you know what the Bible says? God remembered his covenant that he made. Because it is the faithfulness of God that is going to bring you out of, this, out of your situations. Not your groaning, not your misery. Understand that? Swear. It's remarkable. The faithfulness of God. You know what? You start thinking about the faithfulness of God, you will, I mean, honestly, you will start crying. <laughs> you will be moved. Or, or the, or the, 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 the funny thing is that we don't really think about these attributes of God. Mm-hmm. So what if, what if there is opposition? Will I be able to overcome every opposition of the devil? Look at what it says in Second Thessalonians chapter 3. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified. What should be glorified? What should be glorified? The word of God. The gospel. Not us. Just as it is with you. That we may be able to be, that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men because not all have faith but the Lord is faithful. You see that? This morning you can start thinking about the faithfulness of God in your life. Start thinking about your faith, about the faithfulness of God. Okay, fine. I might fail sometimes. I might fall into sin. Can anybody guarantee that you will never fall? Never that you will never sin. How many of you think that you will never fall? Hmm. For by sure, for sure, by the end of this day, or maybe now at this very moment in your thoughts, you might fall. We never know. Because Lucifer or Satan fell in his thoughts. He thought that's it, he fell. <laughs> so what if I fall? What if I make silly mistakes? Lord, if... Now, this doesn't matter. If everybody forsakes you, I will not forsake you. (laughs) Peter, Peter, Satan has asked me permission to sift you all as wheat. But I pray for you. What, What did I pray? That you will not fall? No, 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 Peter. Looking at the current circumstances and the kind of pressures that you will go through and the strength of your character, I know you will fall. I know you will fall. But even when you fail, let your faith not fail you. <laughs> let your faith not fail you, Peter. And when you are strengthened, when you are when you return, strengthen your brother and you know why? You know why? Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. Even if we are faithless, what? Everybody say that. Everybody say that loudly. He remains faithful. Yes, he remains faithful. He swore. What if I sin? What if I commit some grievous error? I fell so deep into sin and I'm so ashamed to confess it to anybody. And more so that I did it against God. I'm hurt. And the devil, you know what the devil will say? You think God is going to accept you now? Tell you something. 1 John chapter 1. If we confess our sins... (laughs) You know what? He's not just first. He's faithful first. The justice of God will cause us to run away from him. That's the reason why Jeremiah will say, To this I call to remembrance. I know by this that we are not consumed. It is the mercies of God, (laughs) which are new every morning. What? Great is your faithfulness. That's the reason why we sing that song, no? Great is your faithfulness. Pardons for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today. Bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine and ten thousands besides. And then refrain says, Great is your faithfulness. God is faithful. Impossible situation, Lord. My current situation is hopeless. I'm hopelessly dead. That's not dead. I'm just not dead, but I'm what? Hopelessly dead. Hebrews chapter eleven is easy formula to remember. 11. 11. Mm-hmm. Through faith, also Sarah, herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him what? Faithful. So think this morning about the faithfulness of God. He gave us a promise. Not only this year. In the years he's been giving those promises. You think those promises are gone? No, 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 no. no. Only a part of those promises might have been fulfilled in our lives. Not all of them. They will come to pass. I don't see by eyes of sight, but I see by eyes of faith. I failed, Lord. I don't think... Lord, I thought I'll enter into the promised land. But you know one thing, Lord? I came this far. You know why? Because of your faithfulness. Deuteronomy chapter 32. I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Oh, praise the greatness of our God. He is the rock. His works are perfect. And all His ways are just. And what is He? A faithful God. And what is His name? What is His name? What is His name, saints? Revelation chapter 19 and verse 11 will say, What is that? I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful. So this morning God is faithful and he is faithful to complete what he has started in our lives. So what should we do? Hold fast to him. What do you say? Hold fast to him. This morning Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23. Let us Hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he who is faithful, who promised. So this morning, Lord, I hold fast. You know what holding fast means? Not quickly holding. Okay. Somebody told me in in, in Hyderabad, there are three signals. Red to stop, green to go, orange to go very fast. (laughs) <laughs> in in Canada and US when you see orange, it's a warning. Stop. In India, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> go very fast. <laughs> okay, it is not that hold fast. Cling to him. You know what? Be like Jacob. You know what Jacob says? Unless you bless me. You know what? That's what Passover says, no? A generation of him who will seek. Who are this generation, Baba? People who are determined in their mind, who hold fast to God and say, Lord, unless, what? You bless me, I will not. How many of you think that Jacob deserved the blessing? Nobody. He himself knew that he did not deserve the blessing. But what was he banking upon? The what? The faithfulness of God. Because he promised him one day. So he said, Lord, unless you bless me, Lord, I will not let go of you. And this morning, I want to challenge you, my dear brothers and sisters, notwithstanding your situations, notwithstanding your failures and your sins and your iniquities and the shortcomings in your life. Hold, hold fast to God and say, Lord, I'm not going to let go of you unless you bless me. Do you have that determination? Because he swore. I didn't swear, thank God. I don't give the promises every every uh, <laughs> 31st morning. <laughs> oh Lord, I thank God for the promises which come from another man and I believe that it's, it comes from God and therefore I hold fast to them and I say, Lord, even 2022 is still fresh in my mind, uh, years. <laughs> the years that the locusts have eaten. It still has not been fulfilled, Lord. Because you know what? It's, it's remarkable, you know? You know what the Bible says? Jesus, through the eternal Spirit, offered himself up. What does, what does that mean? Jesus, through the eternal Spirit, you know what that means? He was anticipating the entire humankind from eternity past to eternity future, and through the eternal Spirit, he offered his whole life for all mankind. All of our failures, all of our, all of our shortcomings, all of our sins, all of our rebellion, all of our iniquities, and therefore, in your presence, he is a lamb of God who slain even before the foundation of the world was laid. He chose in, has in him even before the foundation of the world was laid. He separated me in my mother's womb even before I was formed in my mother's womb. And therefore, what will I do? I'll hold fast. Hold fast to the promises of God this morning. Church, hold fast to the promises of God. Let us not be like that generation. Who wandered in the wilderness? There's an incredible book by A.W. Tozer. Last time, Sunday, when Pastor was p- preaching, I uh, title I was title, titling his sermon as "Rut, Rut, rat, Rot, Revival." It's a book by A.W. Tozer. Rat, rot, or revive? Choose. So, what is the what does the children of God do? What is this? Circle, in a rut. What is happening? He sent, what, what into this world? Leanness, rotting. And therefore, the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 1, you have been in this place for such a long time, rotating and rotating and rotating. Break rank now. Break that circle, break that loop, and go and possess the land which I swore. Which I what? Which I swore. How long? How long will you be in the same? How long will you, I mean, you you should actually type the words how long in the concordance? How long will you vacillate between two opinions? How long will you, will you keep on crying and crying and crying over Saul? Oh Lord Saul, Lord Saul, how long will you cry on Ishmael? How long? How long? How long? How long? You know, that's, I ask this question to myself. How long will I be in the same rut? How long, Lord? I want to move to the next level. What you have for me in Christ, I want to conquer them. Not because I have strength in myself, because I know that you are faithful. How long? Otherwise you'll be run, rut, rot, or... What do you want? How many of you want you, to say revival? Say, everybody say revival. Come on, come on, come on. Revival! Revival, revival. Your voice actually talks about your conviction. Mhm, revival. So he says, you know what? I swore. So as I was with Moses, I will also be with you because I am faithful. Yes, Moses was faithful <laughs> in all my house and as a servant, but I want you to understand that I am with you. So, let's move on. What you should do therefore? Only be strong and very courageous. That you may observe. Observe means not just observation. A lot of people observe. That is what we call as armchair critics. Oh, the message was fantastic. It was a good message. Good connections. Great revelation. So what? What is going to happen to you? Are you going to be galvanized into action? You know what that means? Observe. Meaning, get used to a life of examination. Understand that I examine you, so you examine yourself. Examination. What am I doing, Lord? Am I doing it according to what you have? asked me to do what you should do don't 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 turn to the left or don't turn to the right meaning be determined in your mind set your mind to obey set your mind to what obey i'll come to that i like that word set okay i'll come to that i i i, I sometimes i just think about words and I think about pictures they give me some interesting interesting uh, insights when I think about words and what they mean don't turn to the left or don't turn to the right okay that means don't get distracted that is the reason why we have this in Sanskrit we have this very interesting words which says Guru Mukhasya Vidyaal Abhyate Guru Mukhasya abhyate, meaning what put your eyes focused on Christ Jesus that is he is your guru Focus. So even as you, you know, one of the things that you have to train your mind is to focus. Train your mind to focus. A disciplined mind. Okay, And it's not easy. But God is faithful. Thank God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. (laughs) But God is faithful. So discipline your mind. Focus. Think about. That's the reason why, you know what Paul will say. Will tell Timothy, he says, think about what I told you. The Lord will give you understanding in all things. Mm-hmm. Think. Because there will be a lot of attractions and distractions trying to divert your attention into some things which are good maybe, but they not, may not be the perfect things, perfect will for, for, for you in my life, for, for me in my, in my life, for God's perfect will in my life. Understand that. Don't get distracted. So focus. Focus. Ch- small children, young children. I know if you watch Tom and Jerry, 23 frames per second. How many frames per second? 23 frames per second. That's what I, t- I tell parents. No? Frame number one, Tom is here. Frame number two, Tom is here. And so this young kid is watching Tom and Jerry. So he is also vibrating at the same frequency. Like this. So when he comes to school, how is he? Distracted. I, I, I told you, you know, eight years I was in replied to you. Uh 2008 batch. Sir, go on. One hour, they are okay. Next batch, 55 minutes. Sir. 40 minutes, uh, next batch, 45 minutes, prostrate problems. At what age? Not even 18. Prostrate problems they have. Toilet break, washroom break, every break. How many times they want to take water breaks? You know, they got used to break ke baad, all the time. Break ke baad, break ke baad, break ke baad. So you know what? um, Instagram will say the attention span of people is not less than 30 seconds. So make your video less than 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. So what happens when you come to church? We want (laughs) capsules. Brother, give us capsules, brother. Your liver will get damaged (laughs) if you take capsules. Understand this huh you may prosper so that you may prosper it is not that you will you will prosper only there are certain things that you you practice yes i gave you this so something else also has to be done look at what he says in the next verse i like this verse and this is what we're going to look from today's teaching this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate there's a very close connection between or think thinking and speaking That you may observe to do all that is written. So it is written is something which you need to always be sure. Why are you doing this? Because it is written. Somebody comes and says it is written. You should also say it is also written. You should be able to understand, able to compare scripture with scripture. That you may what? Be what? Prosperous. What is prosperous? That you may advance. That's what the Bible says. Advance. How many of you want to advance this year in your spirit? Come on. You don't have ambitions to adma- advance? According to your faith, may it be done unto you. If I have to say that, I'll put both my hands. <laughs> I'll tell you something. Okay. So meditate. So, you will advance and then you will have not just success. No, no, I like that. A very interesting. You know what? Success is a noun. Good is a adjective. It is qualifying what kind of a success you will have. You will have good success. So, ultimately, it all depends upon your mindset, what you are thinking. That is the reason why God tells Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 14, he says, Oh Israel, how long will wicked thoughts lodge within you? What is that? Again, another how long. Hmm. How long wicked thoughts will harbor within you? You know what harbor means? Hmm? The ship has come and it has dropped anchor. It's anchored there. How long? So this year, I think we're still in the first month, January, no? we have got the whole month ahead of us. Whole year ahead of us. Or not whole month ahead of us. Whole year ahead of us. But this year, Lord, be determined. Say, Lord, how long? 38 years. How long do you like to be? Do you want to be made whole? Is a question that God keeps asking. How long? Okay, so it depends upon meditation and how you speak. So depends upon how you spend your time. Sir, I don't have spent to, uh, time to spend uh, to, uh, to meditate on the word or to think about the word of God. You know what it says? Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands nor sits. Three things you don't do. You'll have a lot of time. The problem is many of you are doing what? You walk, you think about the counsel of the ungodly. Hey, you know what Mr. Biden said, I really honestly, I don't think, I, don't, I actually now I don't want to waste my time watching news because I get all my news from pastor and it is enough for me. <laughs> it's enough for me. Okay. I go Tuesday, Thursday and Wednesday when in the mornings. I have the free time. I spend time with pastor. So he gives me all the inputs and that's enough for me. I don't want to reinvent the wheel and become very smart in front of you. No. Okay. Enough. Okay, sufficient. I have my own concerns and worries. And I'm, I'm, I'll be like David. I will not concern myself with what? Great things which are too high for me. Okay, <laughs> okay. so understand this. Don't waste time on silly things. You know what happens? You will lose your appetite for the word of God. That's a problem. It's impossible. For example, you see a fantastic movie. Where in next moment, can you open your Bible and say, I will read the Bible? Not possible. Not possible. You'll be musing over the movie. What will you doing? What? Musing. What? Ay, that scene. Fantastic. Natu, to, Natu, to, not to. Golden globe. People ask me, Did you?" I am not going to watch RRR. I will not. Even if it is free, I will not watch. I don't want to. Because, you know why? Delight is in the law of the Lord. And in His law, what does He do? He shall meditate and because as a result of his meditation, what is the result of his meditation? There is a law of sowing and reaping. What will you reap? He will reap a fantastic life. Blessed is man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is the Lord. He shall be like what? A tree planted by the rivers of water. Same thing, same thing. He learns to trust in the Lord and as a result, his way is prosperous and whatever he touches will prosper. That's exactly the reason why, you know what Joseph, Joseph is a man, is a quintessential or a type of the overcomer in Jesus Christ. You know what he is, whatever Joseph did, the Lord was with him and he prospered. He prospered, this is not prosperity gospel. He advanced, in other words. He moved ahead. He moved up in ranks. He moved in. He built in character. He had the capacity to handle more. In other words, mm-hmm. think about that. That is the reason why your mind should be stayed on him. Your mind should be what stayed on him. You know why? This is what the Bible says, Isaiah chapter twenty-six, verse three. You will keep him in what peace. You know what the word for perfect peace is? Shalom, shalom. Yes, just not ordinary peace. Complete peace. Complete in your completeness. Perfect peace. Why? Because what? Because mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For Yah is the everlasting strength. Understand that? So he says, Psalm chapter chapter 2. Why do the heathen rage? And why do the people, what? You know what the word, imagine is? Meditate. On a what thing? On a vain thing. Mm -hmm. Psalm 38. Those also seek my life lay snares for me. Those who seek my hurt speak destruction and plan deception all the day. What are they doing? They are meditating upon how to do Evil. How to lie? How to plan? How to? What do they have? They have a veneer of wisdom. You know what the word Ahye Tofel means? Ach Tofel. It comes from two words. Ach means my brother. Tofel means folly. But the word Tofel actually also means untempered motor. It's like white cement. You know white cement? We don't use white cement to strengthen a building. What do we use white cement for? To cover all the nonsense. Right? How many of you have seen white cement? Nothing there in it. It just plasters everything. That's exactly what tofel means. Plastered! That is the reason why Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 14 would say, My pastor, my pastor is not, not pastor, my prophets have healed the wounds of the daughter of my people saying, Peace, peace when there is no peace. And what is Achtofel? Achtofel, he's got a form, he's got a veneer of goodness, he's got a veneer of wisdom, but deep down inside, he's got what? Deception. He's musing and planning deception. What is he having outside? Oh, when Tofel speaks, he speaks the wisdom of God. No, 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 no. It's all a cover-up for your deception. But what are you musing on? How to kill this man. How to murder him. Understand this. So what you think is ultimately what you become. Ultimately what you did, you never thought you were going to kill David, right? You will. Because you were thinking about that. It's only at the opportune moment you will know what you are, truly. Like Pastor was saying. Time will tell you what you actually are. Testings will prove to you what you really are. Deep down inside, the veneer will be broken. And the real Tophel comes out. What does he want to do now? He wants to murder. He wants to kill. He wants to take vengeance. You know why? Because all the days of his life, he was musing and thinking and meditating upon vengeance and revenge and how to kill this man. Psalm 143 verse 5. I remember the days of old. What do I do? I meditate on all thy works. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 28. The heart of the righteous, what does it do? Studies how to answer. <laughs> Studies the word study, meditate. Hege, the word is hege in the in the Hebrew. Hege means to meditate. To be serious, like a lion is serious about its about its food. If you try to disturb a lion while it's eating, you're gone. And especially a male lion, he wants his share. So when he comes and it takes his share, everybody back off. That is how serious you have to be about the Word of God. What do you when you come to ch- when you come to church? Everybody, back off! <laughs> I am here for my share of the Word of God. You see, when you come to this attitude, like a lion to the church, how different it will be. Proverbs chapter twenty-four verses one two. Be not thou envious against the evil men, neither desire to be with them, for their heart. What does it do? Studies destruction. They meditate destruction. What are you meditating this morning? It's very important. So meditate. Meditation is important. Or thinking. 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 Meditation means thinking, right? It's just not thinking thoughts. It's also developing attitudes which will hold those thoughts. Attitudes which will hold those thoughts. Or other attitudes which will give you those thoughts. Which will ensure that you think the right way. Understand? So when you're talking about meditation, when you're talking about mindset, it's not only just thoughts, it's also an attitude. Okay? So what are the attitudes that we need to cultivate so that we meditate rightly or we think rightly is something which I want to look at today. What are the attitudes which I need to cultivate, practice so that I think rightly? So that I'll have thoughts that God is faithful I will be thinking about the goodness of God. I'll be thinking about the mercy of God. I'll be thinking about the holiness of God. I'll be thinking about the righteousness of God. My thoughts will be occupied by who God is. And therefore my decisions will be dependent upon what he wants in my life. You see? So what are these attitudes that I have to cultivate? Is something which I want to talk about. We will go to our favorite chapter, Romans chapter 8. It's a remarkable chapter. Okay? Superb chapter. Okay? Superb. I think we should, this year, when the Lord is telling, live in Romans, that's what the Lord is telling me. Just, 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 I, I just want to do that. You know? That's exactly what I did. At the beginning of the year, I started living in Romans. Just finished almost two books are over writing okay, about Romans and still haven't exhausted even a part or a fraction of what Romans has to tell. So this morning, I want to just look at one, a few verses to understand what kind of attitudes that we need to have. An attitude are the thought patterns that we need to? Or are the patterns of thinking that I have to develop? So that the thoughts that emanate from those patterns will be something which is pleasing to God. And will be according to the word of God. And eventually, those thoughts will lead me into action in doing what the Lord wants me to do. Okay? So let us look at that verse. Romans chapter 8. Verse 6 onwards. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. Yesterday pastor was talking about that. Because the carnal mind is what? Is enmity against God. Okay? Understand. To cultivate this thought pattern, there is going to be a battle. Okay? Fight. There is going to be a fight. It's not going to be easy. What I, want, what I want to call is a holy determination is required from our side to be able to cultivate this kind of a mindset. Okay? I'll tell you something. I <clears throat> st- was actually through this week, I was saying, Lord, I want to study your word. Now, early in the morning, I mean, when I get up, I listen to a message. That's how I, I start my day. Start listening to some message. I don't read something because I have sleepy, dreamy eyes because I'm a late sleeper. So listening kind of galvanizes my senses and it's easier for me to start off the day. And then what happens is through the day, I said, Lord, I want to study a word. But every time I know when I really want to concentrate, there's an attack in my body. Okay. I feel feverish. Sometimes I have a headache. Sometimes I feel sleepy sometimes. I get distracted sometimes. Okay. So this is something which is hindering me from doing what I want to do. So I understand there is an enemy. And who is that fellow? Two fellows. One is outside and one is within. Who is within? The flesh. Who is outside? The devil. And I know, I, I mean, it's, it's a very, very interesting thing. I mean, it's a personal experience. I'm not sure if you had any of these experiences in life, but every time it is, for me, it is like that. I have to really make a conscious effort. I have to be prepared. I have to anticipate. I have to preempt all these things that will happen. In the morning itself. So that I'll be able to concentrate. Okay. Is enmity against God. So, understand, there's going to be a battle. For it is not subject to the law of God and indeed it what? Cannot be. That is the reason why the old man, the flesh, the only, the only solution for the flesh is execution. What is it? You ought to kill that fellow. Crucify the flesh with its passions and lusts. That's what the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5 verse 24. Those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and the lusts. Okay, understand that. Alright. Then, So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, look at the context. But you are not in the flesh, but where? In the spirit. All of us born again. We are not in the flesh, but we are in the spirit. If indeed, the what who dwells in you? The spirit of God dwells in you. Then again, he says, now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. So notice this word, spirit of Christ, spirit of Christ. So what is spirit of Christ in this context? is a mindset of the spirit. What what does Christ have? He had a mindset of the spirit. So if if I have to develop an attitude, if I have to develop a mindset, I have to develop the mindset of Christ. The spirit of Christ is the mindset of Christ. Or the attitude of Christ. You understand? What is it? It is the attitude of Christ. That is the reason why it says the, the, the phrase spirit of Christ is used again in 1st Peter chapter 1. I didn't put that verse here. It says the prophets anticipated beforehand through the spirit of Christ which was in them when they prophesied beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. What is the mindset of Christ? What is the spirit of Christ? That he's going to suffer. That he's going to have a battle. He's going to raise a battle against the flesh. He's going to raise a battle against sin. He's going to raise a battle against the enemy. And he's going to do that by developing a mindset. Okay? So this is important. A mindset. So when we're talking about thinking, before we have thoughts, we have to have patterns which will allow those thoughts. That is what we call as Attitudes. Do you understand that? Hmm? So, it's like this, no? If a guy has to learn about mathematics, he has to first have, you know what? I want to learn mathematics. I want to learn. You know, I have you now my third, my third daughter. Okay. One of the things that I'll see about her, she's got determination like crazy. I knock the door when I come back from church office. Tuck, tuck, tuck. Who opens the door? The third one. Papa, can you please sit with me? I want to do my reading assignments. Okay? You wouldn't believe it. I'm not sure how she was before. She memorized paces, left, right and center. She knows the entire pace now by heart. You wouldn't trust. We have to just come and, you know, test her now. Sample her. Sometimes. It's like a father, no? Father used to memorize textbooks like that. So when I say, oh, you memorized paces? This is what is going to happen to you. One day the entire science textbooks will leave me on mine. See, it's a, it's a determination. First you have to have the determination. It's a mindset. I want this for myself. I want to have the mind of Christ. The point is, you already have the mind of Christ positionally. I want to have what God wants me to have, which God already gave me in seed form. Determination. It's a mindset. So you have to start thinking. Oh my goodness. You should see sometimes. She like st- st- stuns me sometimes. I never anticipate it. And she sleeps through the night. Meditating upon our pace. I have to get a hundred. 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 And what happens? She eventually gets a hundred. You know Why? understand this. So mindset has to be practiced. So look at what he says in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, but you have not so learned Christ. What are you learning? Christ, the spirit of Christ or the spiritually mindedness or the mindset or the thought patterns that Christ had. If indeed you have uh, heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. And look at what he says, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man carnal mind, the mindset of the old man, the how he thinks, the old patterns of thinking. Put it off. And be renewed where? In the spirit of your mind. In the spirit of your mind. And then start this new process of thinking. So, where is the battle? To be renewed in the spirit of your mind so that you can think like 24. The battle is here. So before you can think these thoughts, you have to win the battle over here. You understand? Other translations, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 23. Be made new in their, what? Attitude of your minds. Okay? So, and another, another translation, this is the amplified version. Be continually, renew, be, be continually renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh, untarnished mental and spiritual attitude. Look at that. Beautiful. Look at what it says in the New Living Translation. Instead, let the spirit renew your what? Thoughts and attitudes. You see that? So attitude is something which is very, very important before you think the right thoughts. Okay? So what are the attitudes? It's the spirit of Christ. It's the mind of Christ. And how is the mind of Christ? Let us look at the mind of Christ. Philippians chapter 2. Let this mind be in you. Okay, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form, everybody says form. Uh-huh. I like the word form. I'll tell you what form is. Form is like a, like it's a cast. You know what a cast is? I'll tell you what a cast is. For example, let's say I want to make a key. It's made of metal. Okay, so before the metal, before this key is made, I have a cast. What I do is first I heat the metal to its melting point, liquefy it, and then take that metal and pour it into the cast. Okay, understand? That is what the form form means. Okay, form. Form is a cast. Now, what happens is this: when you are saved, the very first time, what happens? What will people say? He is on fire. Meaning what? He's red hot metal. Now, in order to form you, I should take that red hot metal and pour it into the mold which is a cast. That is the reason why it says in Romans chapter 6. You obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine. You see, that's very important. The form of doctrine. What is the form of doctrine? The image of Christ. So what what does God do? He has a cast called the teaching. Or a thought, thought process of thinking, a pattern of thinking, and he takes this red hot, fully fired up believer who's on fire for God, and he takes him and he pours it into that cast. So two things we have to be careful. What should we be careful? Before be thrown into the cast, don't become <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what will, in a lot of places what will do, what will they do? They see these young people on fire for God, so the the senior members will take cold water and pour it on that fellow. Finished. Tush, gone. Fire is gone. The other danger is what we call as wrong teaching. Wrong mold. Another Jesus, another gospel, another Christ or rather another spirit. Now this, we take this red hot metal and pour it into the wrong cast and what happens? The cast is set. to get this fellow reconverted, what should I do now? Take the process all over again. You see, that is the reason why the caste is very, very, very important. Therefore Jesus will say, be careful what you hear. What you hear. The caste has to be the form of Christ. So that what happens when this red hot metal is poured into that cast? What comes out? The best thing is always be fired up. Okay? Always be fired. So that even though you are put in the wrong cast, (laughs) one day by the will of God, by the grace of God, you can be poured into the right cast. So people, what happens? They are thrown into the wrong cast and they are set. Because they become cold. After a while, they lose their fire and they are set in their minds. But the thing about the 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 cast about Jesus, you know what it is? You're always on fire because you're constantly being molded into the pattern of and the image of Christ. That is the reason why it says in Isaiah, "Who can dwell in the midst of what burnings? Everlasting burnings? What is that? It's a fired-up teaching, which constantly fires you up and makes you a malleable and a and a, a fired-up liquid, so that He can put you into that cast and you can think on those." so being in the form understand the form okay taking the form of a bond servant and coming to the likeness of men and being found in the appearance as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even to the death of cross and therefore god also exalted i highly you know what pranit when he started off his uh, of his worship he started with this verse and i got fired up okay i said boy this is what i was teaching this morning i said lord thank you <laughs> this is what i was gonna, i'm going to teach he was a highly exalted. Before he was highly exalted, there are seven thought patterns or attitudes which Christ practiced as a man. What are those? Seven. First, an yielding and a willing attitude. Everybody say that. I say, What is that? Yielding and willing. You should yield, you should will. Alright. Actually, it's willing and yielding should have been better. But uh, we can change them. We can use them interchangeably. Willing and yielding is better. Okay. Willing and yielding attitude. Second, I don't want credit attitude. Say that. Ah, I don't want credit. You know, it's like this, no? After the movie is over, what do you have? Credits. And if one fellow's name is not there, he will go to the court. Who saw that name? Do you see the credits? When you watch a movie? I don't see credits. I just walk out. No, in OTT platforms, we have script credits. So, I don't want <laughs> credit attitude. How many of you have had that attitude? Let's see. Okay, we'll come to that later on. Then, grateful attitude, we get the word gratitude. Okay, that's very important. Okay, It's called gratitude. Who had this attitude, Baba? Who had this attitude? I mean, what should Jesus be thankful about? Think about it, No. Jesus, I am very thankful. About what? Everything is yours. I mean, think about it. Understand that, okay? Gratitude. Next. Loyal attitude. Everybody say that. A loyal attitude. Fifth one, submissive attitude. Say that. Ah. Sixth one, reverent attitude. Say that. And seventh one, uncompromising attitude. So let's go through that once again. Everybody, with me. Okay, come on. If you really feel convicted and fired up this morning, along with me, say that. First one. Yielding and a willing attitude. I don't want credit attitude. Grateful attitude or gratitude. Then loyal attitude. Submissive attitude. Reverent attitude. And uncompromising attitude. This is the mindset. This is the form. Understand? This is the form. And if you have this form, this red-hot, molten, fired-up Christian, when he f- goes into this form, he will, start, he will start having the right attitudes and therefore he will start having the right thoughts. Because he has the right attitude. You know, before you are taught anything, you need to have an attitude. A proper attitude. So let us go through each of these attitudes, first of all. It's a mindset. It's a mindset, my dear brothers. And I'll tell you something. The carnal mind is unwilling and unyielding. Carnal mind, I want credit, now attitude. Carnal mind is never thankful. Carnal mind is never loyal. Carnal mind is never submissive. Carnal mind is never reverent. Carnal mind is never uncompromising. It is always compromising. Okay? It will always choose the what? The shortest path. The path of what we call as least resistance. It obeys Kirchhoff's laws. mm mm-hmm. <laughs> understand this so the first attitude is yielding and willing so it's, it's, it's 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 i just uh, renamed it according to the phraseology of philippians chapter 2 it says not grasping but yielding not sorry not grasping but yielding i don't want to grasp i want to take, take. no 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 yielding So one of the things that you have to first be very careful. There are certain things that you have to yield to and certain things that you have to not yield to. That is very important. Okay? Don't be like Barnabas. Suddenly the Jews come from the other side. Peter is on this side. Paul is on that side. Peter is his head in in, in the church. Paul is his mate in the mission field. He's caught between the two. Whom Whom should I listen? Whom should I listen? Whom should I listen? Whom should I listen? I want to please Peter. I want to please Paul. I like the the phraseology they use in tax, no? Steal from Peter and pay Paul. Okay? Steal from Peter and pay Paul. Not grasping, but yielding. What does it mean? There are certain things that we we should not yield to. Look at what it says in Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, verse 12 onwards. Let not sin therefore, this is in the King James Bible, okay? Let not sin therefore reign, as Derek Prince says, this is the Bible that Paul used, okay? Let not sin therefore, reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey in its lust thereof, neither what? Yield. You see that? Don't yield your members. Don't heal your members as instruments. The word for instruments is weapons, which implies conflict or battle. Okay? As instruments of unrighteousness. And the the most incredible member is, I mean, sorry, uh, weapon is what? Your tongue. Your tongue is a most incredible weapon. With that you praise God, and with that you curse man. Understand? So, don't yield your members as unrighteous as instruments of unrighteousness or weapons of unrighteousness unto, unto sin, but yield. You see that? But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Not yield to sin, but yield to God. So that is one thing which you have to be very careful. There are certain things which are, which we are not supposed to yield to, and certain things we are supposed to yield to. Okay, that is clear. So. What is this attitude? This attitude is the willingness to suffer loss temporally. It is a willingness to suffer loss temporally. 1st Peter chapter 4. Peter chapter 4. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the what? With the same what? Way of thinking. It's an attitude. It's a thought pattern. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So let us look at some examples. There's a conflict between two brothers. There's a conflict between two brothers. See, conflicts just don't happen in a day. Somewhere, some people might have spoken certain things and it has been festering and festering and festering and festering. People are speaking and people people are speaking and suddenly you know, it comes out. There was strife. Between the herdsmen of Abraham's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. But whom should you focus on? Not the herdsmen, but Abraham and Lot. (laughs) Understand that. okay? Because herdsmen, they don't have any power in themselves. Abraham and Lot. The Canaanites and the Perizzites, what happened? Are dwelling in the land. Abraham is thinking about this. There's a fight. Mostly over property. Okay? You have to share. And these fellows are fighting. Now, the problem is, who's watching? The parasites are watching and the Canaanites are watching. Whose name will be marked? Not Abraham's name, but Not's name. But whose name? God's name. I mean, there's one verse in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 11. It just fires me up, okay? Look at this verse. You have to kiss this verse. Okay, Think about this verse. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 11. Look at this. Look at this, okay? Think about this verse, okay? My son, be wise. Make my heart glad. Who's saying this? God is saying, My son, be wise. Make my heart glad that I may answer him that reproaches me. Think about this, my Okay. Satan is coming. All the sons of God are there. Satan's, what is his job? Accuser of the brethren. So what is he doing? Your people, your people, your people. God looks at Job. Satan, come here, come here, come here. Have you seen my servant Job? It makes my heart glad. Me makes my heart glad. Can you find point fingers at him? Let me tell you something. Did Jesus take away your reproach? How many of you say yes? Yes, he took away my reproach. Did you take away his reproach? By the way you live. David sinned. But the problem is, you are a king of Israel, and the eyes of the world are on you, whether you like it or not. And you sin. You know what he says? You, through your decisions, have caused the enemies of God to reproach my name. You know what happens to David? His heart breaks. His heart breaks. Let me ask you this question, my dear brothers and sisters. Do you live with this sense every day of your life? That God took away my reproach. Is it not my responsibility to take away his reproach? Think about it. Just I want to just just muse on that for a will for a while. No, I, I was in the previous house that we shifted from recently for seven years. Okay. One of the constant tensions I had in my mind, they knew that I was a pastor. So that adds a more responsibility because in the rental agreement between such and such a person and Vijay Takota, what is what is he? Occupation pastor. So my constant cry was Lord. I do not want to give even a single chance for my landlords to point fingers at the office that you have given me. Not a single chance. I lived with that mindset for seven years. I should not, and especially who's church pastor? Grace Tabernacle Church. Pastor James, James name is also there. there. No. Added, added burden. Who's assistant pastor? Oh, pastor James. Gone. Uh, your assistant pastor, I know him. He stayed with us for seven years. Abba! If, if that kind of a testimony goes out, I lived with that kind of a mindset. I'm telling you honestly, I'm not you can tell my wife how I used to talk to my landlords. For seven years, I lived like that. Seven and a half years. I never, ever gave them a chance. i Sometimes, you know, we made some mistakes, like we opened the tank tanker, we stopped, stopped, we forgot to switch off one of the water taps and that the whole tank leaked and 5,000 liters went away, just like that. And because of our foolishness. And he was very upset about it, obviously. I mean, who, which landlord would not. So from that, I mean, I was, I was careful. Okay. Because my voice is loud. And my voice is heard till, Pepe, till uh, what's his name? Uh, my next door neighbor of Grace Terminical Church, uh, Abel's home. Abel's children I can hear. I can't hear Abel and Priyanka. And they can hear my voice. So my voice is very loud. So for seven and, seven and a half years, I lived. Seven and a half years, I lived. I said, Lord, I do not want to give a single chance for them to point, saying, you know what, the pastor lived here. And he messed up my home. You wouldn't believe it. He actually never expressed what he was thinking about me. He always used to have a very stern, very. <laughs> Justin knows it, okay. <laughs> so Justin knows it, okay. So one day we were. It was we. we told them, you know, we are shifting, aunty. We're going to a new house, and his face kind of fell like that. And he said, uh, "What is it? You're shifting? Yes, okay um, You're going to a new place, close by to watch school." He said, "Okay," and then. Uh, one day he came to our home for carols along with us. He, he's a, he's, he works for the French missionary prayer band, FMPB. FMPB missionaries came to our home. He was along with them and he, I was not at home and he prayed. And he started praying for me and Justin. And Justin was hearing the prayers and she was getting shocked. Why is this man praying so well for us? And then I finished the whole home. I cleared up the whole place, cleaned up the whole house, fixed everything that I was supposed to be fixed. Went through the rental agreement, left, right and center. Okay. Okay. With a fine tooth comb. Cleared up the whole home. 31st, December 31st. I was praying, Lord. Lord, I pray for a peaceful transition. Okay. Then I went home on 31st morning. I cleared up the place. I took the keys and I said, auntie, uncle, I want to hand over the keys. And he said, Richard, thank you. And he said, Vijay, before you leave, uh, can I pray for you? I said, yeah, sure. You wouldn't believe it. he started crying when he was praying. And these are the words he used. It was our privilege to have him as, as our neighbor. I'm not, not, not boasting, okay? I'm not boasting. I'll tell you why I was, I was, I was happy about it. Because you know who's, who's glorified? The office of the pastor which God gave has not been tarnished. So that God may answer him who reproaches him. And he blessed me and he sent me and he gave my entire deposit back without cutting off even a single pie. And I was telling Sister Elsa that and she said, No landlord in all my years in Hyderabad has given my deposit back. Think about it. Do you live with that sense? When you go to college? When you go to your workplaces. My son make my heart glad. So the Canaanites and the Perizzites are watching and Abraham says, my goodness, we are the only believers over here and there's a battle that is going on. Before it goes out of hand, let me yield. What should I do? Yield. Genesis chapter 13. Abraham said to Lot, please, let there not be any strife. You take first choice and go Baba. Take it and go. That is yielding. It's the grace of yielding. You know what is actual spiritual strength? You're strong when you allow other people to take advantage of you. That is spiritual strength. Not how well you can sing songs. Not w- how well you can preach. Not w- how well you can minister. Not how well you can witness. It is how much you can bear. People taking advantage of you. Mm-hmm. That is yielding. First Kings chapter 3. Then the king said, who's this? Two prostitutes, Baba. Two prostitutes. Bring me a sword. So they brought a sword for the king. He then gave gave an order. Cut the living child into two and give half to the one and half to the other. (laughs) You know what? The woman whose son was alive was deeply moved with love for her son and said to the king, please let the other person have it. You know why? Because it is a proof of my love. Can you yield? Church is going to be split into two. What will you do? Ministry is going to be split into two. What will you do? I'm I'm talking talking about, in in your your office, this, think about it, think about this. In your own life, will you yield? Like Pastor was saying, when you come back, last year, last time, do you remember? the, the, The signing of words that are ringing in my mind, even till now. When you come back, you come back as a son and not as a slave, because sons even judge angels. There's a clear distinction between a son and a slave. There's a clear distinction between sons in heaven and the, and the angels in heaven. You know what the Bible says? You know what the Bible says? We will be what? Judging angels. But who are those people who will judge angels? You know who those people are? First Corinthians chapter 6. I say this to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you, not even one, who will be able to judge between his brethren, but brother goes to law against the brother, and that to be for unbelievers? Unbelievers! And he says, now therefore, it is already an utter failure for you that you go to law against one another. Why don't you rather accept wrong and be cheated? These are the people who are willing, who are yielding, who say, you know what? Take it and go. Who will not grasp, who will not hold on to their rights. They will say, you know what? Take it and go. Take it and go. These are the people who will inherit. They are the mature sons and the daughters of God. That is the reason why. Come, then this guy comes and says, Jesus, Jesus asked my brother to share the property with me. He said, man, who made you first arbiter? First of all, a man's life does not com, uh, consist of the abundance of, it, of the things that he, that he holds. So let him have it. Let him have it. That is the reason why wherever there is a will, there are relatives. What then? Relatives. Mm-hmm. Now is the opportunity, David. Come on, David, grasp your opportunity. This man is your enemy. Kill him. Abishai said to David, Today God has delivered your enemy into your hands. 1 Samuel chapter 26 verse 8. Now let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of the spear. I won't strike him twice. But David said to Abishai, Don't destroy him. Who can lay hands? Upon the Lord's anointed and be guiltless?" You know what? Hmm. I don't want, I don't want to grasp the throne. I want, to go, I want God to give the throne in his time. Because I want to be a ruler after his own heart. So the first attitude, what, what attitude? Not grasping, but yielding. Everybody say, not grasping, but yielding. Can you yield this morning to all the people who are doing wrong to you? Say from your heart, I can for, I forgive you. <laughs> come on, take a minute. Come on, come on, come on. Because I know certain people who are really, really upset about last year. And I'm so angry. Who took advantage of us left, right and center. I'm saying, let go. Lord, I yield. I yield. I don't want to grasp. Okay? Second attitude. Second attitude. Look at the next attitude. I don't want. uh, How many of you can say, I don't want credit. Pastor didn't take my name. Pastor didn't call my name. Pastor didn't say this to me. Pastor didn't give me opportunity. Pastor doesn't recognize my talent, etc, etc, etc. Given the opportunity, I can also do better. etc., etc., et You know what Jesus' attitude was? Nobody should know. Ultimately, credit will come. Don't worry. You know, there's a saying in Telugu, in Hindi, no? the jab upar wale deta, deta? We want everything now. That is the reason why it says in Luke's Gospel chapter 6, Woe to you who are happy now. You will, you will cry later. But woe to you who mourn now. You will be comforted later. Your best life? Now. No, 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 no. Later. (laughs) Later, later, later. You see that? I don't want credit attitude. How can we say that? I mean, think about it, no? How much our flesh desires that attitude. Me, 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 pastor, me, pastor. Me, 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 pastor. John's Gospel, chapter 2. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, he did not know where it came from. (laughs) But the servants who had drawn the water knew, this is the first miracle, Baba. This is the worst ever miracle Jesus Jesus performed and he didn't want anybody to know. So the master of the, of the ceremony is drinking this wine and he's saying, Baba, come here. You, you are the great man. What? Everybody gives the worst wine later but you gave the best wine later. Who got the credit? The fellow who had no idea what was going on. <laughs> he got the credit. <laughs> you know, Sometimes it happens in your offices, right? Suddenly he got promotion. How? Hey, it looks like you got Promotion? he has no idea what about the what the what the process is all about but he got a promotion thank god it's a lesson for you okay. i remember you know names in papers are so so important the first paper we wrote and we sent it to a conference <laughs> I cannot forget this incident in my life. I said, I put all the names and uh, the names which I knew who really genuinely helped on the project. I put all the names and I sent it and I got accepted and came back. So later on one uh, intern came the next year He was working in my lab. He looked at the paper which got accepted and he said, where is my name? I said, what do you mean, what do you mean your name? I also contributed to this paper. And he started crying. I said, brother. And I didn't say brother. I did not know. I did not know. Otherwise, I would have done it. Every man, beginning at the beginning, who sees, look at the who's getting the credit? Who did the whole thing? Jesus is happy. You know why? This is what we call as a blessing of obscurity. The blessing of obscurity. I don't want to be made known. I love, that's the reason why I used to uh, appreciate Shibu. I told you, know, Shibu, right, we had the first uh, uh, outreach ministry on campus and who was a person who actually worked on the campus? Shibu and his wife and his family. Who's performing? Vijay Thakota and the rest of the gang. On the day of the performance, performance, according to them, and our ministry. Who's not there? Shibu is not to be seen anywhere. He's not to be seen anywhere. What is he doing? Somewhere he is there praying for the conference. These are the people. I said, Lord, this is the form. This is the life of Christ. This is the pattern. And I want to be poured into this pattern. Mm-hmm. This is the beginning of science. What is that Jesus did on Canaan and manifested his glory by hiding. Can you, can you imagine? <laughs> what did he do? He manifested his glory by not taking the credit. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I want to show you one more interesting proverb. Okay. Okay. Proverbs. Okay. Proverb a day keeps the devil away. Okay. that is the reason why every morning in our school we start with our meditation meditation with a proverb and I learned so much by teaching the children I enjoy proverbs, I really enjoy it because it was a time when he was not backslidden that Solomon wrote, when he was red hot for God Ecclesiastes he was a backslided believer, he was a spirit inspired backslider, okay here, he was a spirit inspired wise man look at what he says, look at what he says this is Solomon's beautiful words. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 21. Easy to remember. Seven t- nine, uh, 9 times 3 is 21. 9 times 7 is twenty. Sorry. 3 times 9 is 21. 3 times 7 is 21. Okay. They are, they are next to each other. The crucible for silver and the furnace for gold. But the people are tested by that. Ah. <laughs> How are you tested? By your praise. If you are praised or not praised, that is your furnace. fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but a person is tested by being praised. live Living Translation. So, I don't want credit attitude. How many of you want it? My goodness, very, very, very few people. Huh? Come on, come on, come on. I want to have it. Say that. Say that. No, you, may, you may not have it right now, but I want to have it. Sir. No problem. Okay, okay. It is very difficult to say amen. I know. Very difficult to say amen. You will be blessed brother. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. No, that is, that is not now. Attitude first. Blessings later. Okay, they will, they will will follow. Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness first. Alright, next. Grateful attitude or gratitude. Who had gratitude, Baba? Who had gratitude? Who had gratitude? Jesus always had gratitude. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you that you always hear me. Father, I thank you for giving me this bread. He broke it. Father, thank you. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Why should you be thankful? You are the son. You own everything. But that is the attitude of Jesus. Humble people are grateful people. Because they know that they don't deserve it. Look at what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 15. You shall remember that you were a slave in Egypt. This is verse 15 onwards. Okay, In the land of Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you, therefore I command you this day. And if it happens that he says to you, I will not go away from you because he loves you and your house since he prospers with you. He loves you and his house. This is the slave. Okay? He loves you and he loves your house. Now you are redeeming him and you are saying, go! Enjoy life! But that servant is saying, you know why? I was with you and I prospered. I was with you and I enjoyed all these blessings. I was with you. I was given opportunities that I never had. I was with you and I was given opportunities to serve God. I was with you. You know, think that is the reason, you know, what Paul says, what is your salary, Paul? Thus, my salary is to, to preach the gospel freely is my salary. What? What, 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 please come again, please. Excuse me, excuse me. What is that? To preach the gospel freely without charge is my salary. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that? Whenever I listen to and read those verses, I can't say, "Pass and go to the next verse. How to stop. To free to preach the gospel freely is my salary. The opportunity to minister, that is my salary. Can you say that? That is attitude. You know, I remember Edward Williams. Sager, you know, when he was being interviewed by, uh, for, for CBN, they shortlisted several candidates and all the interview, uh, the interview was over. In the final interview, two candidates were there. Pat Robertson's son, what's his name? I forget his name. Okay. He was conducting the interview and the final question before he could make a choice for the position of the anchor for CBN. They asked Edward Williams, what are you expecting? Edward Williams said, what do you mean? I mean, they understand in HR terms, what is your expectations mean? What is your salary? No? Uh, in the previous company, they were paying me nine, 9 lakh per annum. Now, I'm thinking at least 40%, 50% hike and etc, etc, etc. That's what you're expecting. That's what you'll say. Then Edward Williams look at, looked at the interviewer and he said, what do you mean expecting? You're giving me the opportunity to preach the gospel to millions of people and you're asking me what salary it is. Even if it is free, I will take it. is my opportunity. Can you imagine that? I mean, these are the people who, uh, who have incredible ministries. You know why? God bless them because of these attitudes. Otherwise, what, what you'll become is a hireling. What is that? Hireling. Gadu in Telugu. When I hear those terms, I... I, I, I mean, there's something in my system which kind of, you know, starts, repel, I mean, repelling that very word. I don't want to accept it into my system. I want to say, Ugh. I don't want it. Attitude to serve. So what is he do? Then you shall take an all and put it through. That is attitude. That is what we call as a bond-servant attitude. Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, what of Christ? A bond-servant of Jesus Christ. He's grateful. I was an enemy of the cross. I was the enemy of the gospel. I was the enemy of Christians. I was the enemy of the church. I was the enemy of God. He could say with conviction, when I was a sinner, when I was ungodly, when I was without what? Without strength. And when I was an enemy of God, God showed his love towards me that he saved me. He could say that with conviction. In Romans chapter 5. That is what we call us. Gratitude. Taking a form of a bond servant. Mm Why? Why? In Second Timothy chapter three we know that perilous times are coming. Why? For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents. What is that? What is that? Unthankful. Unholy, etc. Slanderers. Disobedient to parents and unthankful to go together. You did not give me this dress. You did not buy me this. Unthankful people. Children, so many people are like that. What we call as a entitlement mindset. Unthankful, unholy unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, rather than what? Lovers of God. They have a form of godliness, but they don't have the power. So this is, we don't want to have that. Have, Lord, ask ask God for a, un, I mean, a grateful attitude, gratitude, a thankful attitude. That's the reason why it says giving thanks Always for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It is the will of God. You want to do the will of God? Gratitude. Next one is a loyal attitude. A loyal attitude. A loyal attitude. Meaning what? I want to remain faithful. Because of so much you have done for me. The least I could do is be loyal to you. You understand, children? Oh, no, this we need to really ask God for this attitude. I want to be loyal to my to my to my God. I want to be loyal to my parents. If your parents are believers, I want to be loyal to my church. Loyal. Meaning what? Understand covenant. Covenant faithfulness. Ruth chapter 1. But Ruth said entreat me not to leave you or turn back from following after you for whatever wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people and your God my God. And then you look at what it says. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also if anything but death parts you and me. And look at what it says. When she saw that she was what? Means she was set to be loyal does not want to break covenant. You know, one of the things that really people, we got we, like Pastor and I, we were witness we witnessed and we also were the instruments of many people to get married. Many people got married in the church. Okay? One of the statements that scares me. Marriage is an honorable estate. Which was instituted by God. During the time of Adam's innocence therefore it should not be entered into inadvisedly or lightly but discreetly reverently and in the fear of god i memorize that i cannot i just can't get over it how not inadvisedly or lightly but discreetly reverently and in the fear of god and into this institute of marriage this couple is going to enter my heart goes when I got married, I never thought this way. This is, you are stuck for life, bro. That is the reason why we love that chapter, love chapter. Everybody knows which chapter is that? Everybody knows that? Right? What is, which chapter is that? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. So many, I mean chapter 13, there are several verses in that. In the middle of the chapter, you know what anchors that entire chapter together There's a verse which says, when I was a child, I thought like a child. So first, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I understood like a child. But now when I've become a man, whatever I've become, I've put away childish things. Meaning what? I put away childish speech. I put away childish thinking. I put away childish understanding. I know what I'm getting myself into. This is it for life. Till deaths do apart. It is a covenant. That is loyalty. You know every marriage is hard work. Hard work. Every marriage is hard work. And therefore you cannot enter into it inadvisedly. You should get all the counsel you want, you need. Because in the multitude of counselors, what is there? There is safety. You cannot enter into it lightly. You know why? You have to think through it. It's like, you know, the children of Israel. When they saw the Lord giving them 10 commandments, Moses came and told what the Lord asked them to do. Will you obey the covenant? They said, yes, 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 we will obey. And immediately they disobeyed. You know why? Because they entered into it lightly. They Did not co- count the cost. understand everything. You know, when we were, when Pastor Eric and I got ordained, it was a covenant. You know what? Pastor was looking at and he said, "And the one question he said, I asked both of you. Do you love God more than all this? Finished. But even till date, it rings in my heart and in my mind and in my ears. Can't enter into it lightly. It took me several years and months to think about it and go and ask him to ordain me. He never forced me. Contrary to public opinion. (laughs) Very long time. You know why? Many people, they mess up relationships because they are not well advised. They don't take counsel or they enter into it lightly, not understanding that it is a covenant. They don't have the fear of God. They don't have reverence. And what happens? Before you know it, it's gone. It's over. Think about it. A loyal attitude. Life with Christ. If any man desires to come after me, what should he do? First he has to desire. (laughs) He has to desire first. If you desire... Deny. Then follow. Deny, pick up, follow. That is the algorithm for faithfulness. Otherwise what will happen? People just leave. Marriages as if they don't have a conscience. They don't have a fear of God. Their hearts are hardened. They don't understand it's a, it's a covenant. They entertain thoughts of leaving. They entertain, it's festering in their minds. They don't understand the gravity of the covenant that they have made before man and before, before God first and before man. I love you. It's very easy to say. But in that loving, there's everything. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love suffers long and hopes all things, believes all things, expects Think about that. Think, meditate on love. Then you will understand the gravity of a covenant. A loyal attitude. Because you know what? You are living in a time where people don't care about any relationship. Inadvisedly, lightly, but discreetly, reverently, and in the fear of God. Maybe that is a wedding message in itself. Faithful, loyal, Attitude. That is the reason why the Bible says everybody boasts about their own covenant faithfulness, but a faithful man who can find? Question mark. And what is God going to honor and reward on that day? Well done, my good and what? Faithful, loyal servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Understand the attitude. A loyal attitude. you'll start serving your people. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 3. Slide number 55, please. Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant for testimony of of those things which would be spoken afterward, but Christ as a son. He was faithful as a son. And what happened when he was a faithful as a son? How did he respond and how did he behave? How did he work out his 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 life in terms of serving. Look at what it says in John's Gospel chapter 13. Now before the feast of the Passover. When Jesus knew that his hour had come. That he should depart from this world. To the father. Having loved his own. Who were in the world. What did he do? He loved them to the end. Even if you forsake me and go off, I will still love you. And my love will bring you back to me. Children. Did you catch any fish? <laughs> love that. <laughs> Nothing, Lord. Simon, Simon. Barjona. Do you love me? Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. When you were a child, you thought like a child. You spoke like a child. <laughs> no, you went to wherever you wanted to go. Now, when you become old, another person will lead you. Where you don't want to go. Do you love me? You see, you made those decisions now, not when the time comes, when the, not when the hour of testing comes. You make those decisions now and say, Lord, no matter what, grant me the power to stay loyal to you. I can't do it in my own strength. Grant me the power to stay loyal you. Look at what it says. And supper being ended, the devil already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot to what? To what? To betray him. He's going to betray. He's going to be disloyal to him. He's going to sell him out. This is how he responds. Why? Because he's a son. He says, (sighs) then he came to Simon Peter. Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said, to him, what I am doing? You will not understand now, but you will understand later. Loyal attitude. Practice this attitude. Little things. Be faithful in little things. Be faithful in little things in the church. Be faithful in little things in the home. Be faithful in little, little things. Faithfulness in little, little things matter. I was talking to this guy who came from South Africa. I mean, this is a very nice gentleman. Fantastic gentleman. I talk to him. It is so, it's so nice to talk to him. And you see different people from different backgrounds who have the same fire. And he, what he says, right from the time I was, uh, I was, I was on fire for God when God called me, I was, it was very difficult for me to get, get up in the morning. So I asked my spiritual father, um, uncle, I want to get up early in the morning at five o'clock. He's about Pastor James's age. Okay. I want to get up in the morning at five o'clock. Please, can you help me? So his mentor, his pastor, he said, okay, beta, I'm going to call you not better in his, in his language in English. Okay. Son, I'm going to call you every day in the morning at five o'clock. Okay. Pick up the phone. And after you pick up the phone, don't go back to bed. What attitudes that I followed then, the same attitude I have now, I have since then, I remained faithful all the days of my life. Every day in the morning at 5 o'clock, I go open my word, I read my word, I have my guitar, and I play, and I sing, wo- sing songs, and I worship God. Little things. And you know, his, wa- his, his daughter is immigrating to New Zealand, and she, he asked his daughter, but baby." When I pass on to the next life, what is the one thing that you want from me? You know what she said? Daddy, I want to claim two things from you. Your Bible and your guitar. Your Bible and your guitar. I had just just tears in my eyes. I said, boy, Lord, (laughs) I wish you had that kind of a legacy. I don't want your property. (laughs) I don't want anything. I just want your Bible and I want your guitar. Understand this, faithful, little things, loyal attitude. Then, a submissive attitude. Everybody say, submissive attitude. This is an attitude where every authority that God places you under, you surrender to them. Okay? Don't look at the authority. Look at the attitude that you need to cultivate under any authority. Okay? 1st Peter chapter 3. We're not talking about extreme cases like abuse, etc. We're not talking about that. Okay, In those cases, you have to run. I'm talking about generally. 1st Peter chapter 3. In the, this is in the English standard version. Verse number Where is my spectacles. Verse number 8. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart and a mind. You see that mind? (laughs) What kind of a mind? A humble mind. So how do you know that you have a humble mind? First Peter chapter 5. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. What should you do? Subject to your elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you with what? What is humility? It is a humble what? Humble mind. It's an attitude again. Okay. A humble mind towards one another, for God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. A submissive attitude. It's a meek, gentle, and a quiet spirit. The ornament of a meek, gentle, and a quiet spirit in the sight of God, which is extremely precious. Holy women of old adorned themselves with such kind of ornaments. They submitted to God and they called their masters Lord. To every authority that God placed him under. It's an attitude. Luke's gospel chapter 2. Luke's gospel chapter 2. And he went down with them. And came to Nazareth. And was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom. In stature. In favor with God. And favor with man. But what is the condition? What is the condition? Submissive. Yeah, a Submissive attitude. Next, a reverent attitude, okay? A reverent attitude. Oh, what is a reverent attitude? Submissiveness in the fear of God. That is a reverent attitude. Hebrews chapter 5. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement, cries and tears to him, who was able to save him, save him from death and was heard because of his what? Godly fear or reverent submission. Other translations will use the word a reverent submission. Reverence for God, respect for God, respect for authority, respect for men of God, respect for those people who are senior citizens. Respect. This is an attitude. How you address. That's the reason why Paul tells Timothy, you know what, Timothy? When you address elder elder people, elder uh, elder brothers, you should address them as fathers, elder mothers as uh, elder sisters as mothers, and younger sisters. Younger uh, younger uh, people in the Lord who are from the opposite gender as sisters, how? With all purity. How? With all purity. See? That is an attitude. Submissive attitude. Submitting yourself one to another in the fear of God. A submissive attitude and a reverent attitude, they go together. A reverence for God. Okay? And though he was a son, he learned obedience to the things that he suffered. And finally, he had all this. You think that he is meek, etc. But meek people are not weak people. What did he have? He had an what attitude? An uncompromising attitude. For the truth, he was willing to die. You can't change his mind once he made up his mind. John's gospel, chapter 18, verse 37. Pilate, therefore, said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come to this world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And Pilate is actually saying, Change your, change your testimony, Baba. Don't you know that I have power to take your life? You know what Jesus says? I'm not going to change my testimony. I have power to lay down my life and I have power to pick it up it 's an uncompromising attitude to the point of death, even to the death on the cross. You can call me all kinds of names, you can shame me, you can strip me of my of my of my of my um, of my modesty, but i 'm not going to compromise on the truth. An uncompromising attitude. First Peter chapter two, for to this you are called because Christ also suffered for us. Leaving as an example that you should follow his steps, footsteps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found his mouth, in his mouth. But who, when he was re- reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. You know what he did? He committed himself to the Lord completely and never compromised on his convictions. So this morning. Seven attitudes we talked about. Seven attitudes. Let me just review that, and I will go to the last verse for the day. I'll review the seven attitudes which I enumerated. And you can go back to slide number twenty-eight. What is that? A willing attitude. I don't want credit attitude. A grateful attitude. A loyal attitude. A submissive attitude. A reverent attitude and an uncompromising attitude. Okay. So how did, how does it start? How does it start? Let me tell you the practical nitty gritties of it. How does this start? How do you end up with this kind of a mindset? Isaiah 50. The Lord has given me the tongue of the learned or a disciple. That I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. See, awakens me. Not just one morning. Morning, by morning, it starts there. Every time Pastor says one thing, it starts with a early in the morning, spending time with your Father. It starts there. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as a disciple or other learned. It starts there. The Lord has opened my ear. And I was not rebellious. It starts there. I did not turn away. And because I consistently followed this all the days of my life. Every day in this little things I was I was I was faithful. You know what happened? At the end of my life, I was able to give my back. To those who struck me and my cheeks, to those who plucked out my beard, I did not hide my face from being spat upon. It ended there. But it started where? Early morning by morning. He who practices righteousness is righteous. So this year, even as we are still in the first month, let us make up a mind. Lord, I want to practice this attitude. This attitude, the mindset of Christ, the spirit of Christ, a spiritual mindset. This attitude which you can bless. This attitude which you can prosper. This attitude which can give me good success. I want to practice that every day of my life. And even as you do that, you know what's going to happen? Test yourself you do these things, practical things every day, you will see the Lord moving in your life. Amen? Shall we all stand this morning in the presence of the Lord? Every time we come, it's a call to surrender. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, and we heard it so many times, verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. He doesn't say, I compel you, brethren. I exhort you, brethren. He doesn't say that. I beseech you. I beg you. In the light of the faithfulness of God, in the way that he showed us his mercies, God who swore, God who swore by his name and who will never back out. God who's faithful to complete what he started in his life, in our lives. Based upon his mercy, based upon his faithfulness, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. The first thing, always is an opportunity to offer ourselves afresh every Sunday morning and subsequently every morning. And the second thing he says, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. There is a form in this world which is always looking for grasping, which is always looking for credit, which is always looking to enforce their will, which is ungrateful. The carnal mindset of this world, don't be conformed to that Bible says, be transformed in the attitude of your minds so that you know that you will be able to prove that which is good, that which is acceptable, and that which is the perfect will of God. And every Sunday morning is an opportunity to re surrender our lives afresh to God. The world is full of graspers, my dear brothers, but there is a Incredible grace released in our lives when we yield. The question this morning God is asking us. Do we have the grace of yielding? Can we yield to God? Not yield to sin, but yield to God. Not offer the instruments of our body, the weapons of our body as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. But those who have been made alive from the dead. And the instruments of our body as instruments and weapons of righteousness to God, our ears, our eyes, our tongue, our hands and our feet. This morning, can we surrender in our own way? You don't have to say, "I surrender all, but you can say, "Lord, to the best I know how. I want to surrender O Lord. I want to give myself, Lord Lord to you, afresh. I don't want to back off. Grant us grace this morning, O Lord. Spirit of God, work in our hearts. Work in our lives. Work your word in our lives. Work your attitudes in our lives. Let your word become truly, O Lord, our life. We can't do it in our own strength, but Lord, we know by the power of your Holy Spirit, we will be able to do it. Because your word says, O Lord, all things are possible to the person who believes. All things are possible to the one through through Christ Jesus. This morning, O Lord, it is possible for us to have these attitudes. We don't want to back away from this from this challenge, but we want to cultivate it, O Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you for this time. I commit all of us into your hands afresh. All of us, beginning with me. We want to be found faithful in those little things. We want to have a loyal attitude. We want to have a submissive attitude. We want to have a reverent attitude. A reverence for the things of God. To that end I pray that you would bless us. And even as we go back to our homes. Into our workplaces through this week. Let the words of our heart. And the meditation. The words of our our mouth. The meditation of our heart. Let it be acceptable unto you. And make us a blessing. Wherever we are. I thank you, I praise you, I give you glory for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. Amen. God bless you. Have a blessed time of fellowship with all of us.